maybe we'll start off with if I was to say good obedience in a dog, what is your answer to that? Um, I would think so in my mind, obedience is you either have it or you don't. So there's no like, Oh, the dog listens to me in the house on a Sunday morning when it's a full moon. Like that's not a thing. You either have obedience or you don't. So if there are, I guess there's probably a a handful of exceptions to that. Like probably pray, like pray locking and stuff like that when the dog shut out. But outside of that, um, I would think if your dog fucks, fucks off on you and doesn't listen at any point, then you don't really have it. There's something, there's something there to be worked on, but that might be a bit, bit of an extreme definition. What about you? Welcome back. Another episode of life with the dog. My name's Panos. Join my good brother, Luke. How are you today, sir? Good, mate. What's going on? Very good. We're going to give this an, another attempt because last time we tried to record this topic, my internet was not cooperating. So we Yeah, it, it was a bit. Thanks, NBN. But oh, we are back. I always laugh when we do our intro. It's like we haven't just been talking for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> okay, how are you going? It's like, you know. We've been hanging out on Zoom for like 20 minutes at least, chatting before we hit record. And then we're like, hi, how are you? Well, we have to do that, I guess. Not all the time. Maybe we can just start, just press record, and then just I actually love those podcasts. Is it Rogan? Rogan kind of is just like, Rogan oh, hey, we're on. Mean, yeah, you know, mean like mid conversation. I guess you, you or I saying that little first piece has become kind of like a thing. Well, I think the first piece helps with the conditioning of what we're doing here. We need to kind of put on the hat of yeah. podcasting. Yeah, now. yeah, we're in and podcast we're- mode. Yeah, we're talking to a microphone, assuming that lots of people are listening at the same time. So there's an audience without us seeing it. Yeah, it's a whole weird situation. So I think just, and it's kind of actually probably on this topic of what we're going to talk about today, but that sort of conditioning and working on a repetitious task over and over again becomes a muscle memory, becomes a thing that you do. And and even just today, there was no cooperation with the with the um, my headphones working and it's like, oh, we can do it without it. But I'm like, oh, that's weird. I'm not used to that. Mm. And maybe in hindsight, I should have done that so that I don't have a bit of a crutch to lean on where hearing my own voice in my background, hearing you right here rather than in a speaker away. I think we can probably tie that into what we're going to talk about today in terms of, you know, wh- what, it, what it takes to have great obedience. And today's topic is about how long does it take to actually get good obedience? And, which what is, is good obedience? Yeah, which is the biggest question. What, what What is the definition? So maybe we'll start off with, if I was to say good obedience in a dog, what is your answer to that? Um, I would think, so in my mind, obedience is you either have it or you don't. So there's no like, oh, the dog listens to me in the house on a Sunday morning when it's a full moon. Like that's not a thing. You either have obedience or you don't. So if there are... I guess there's probably a, cu- a handful of exceptions to that, like probably pray, like pray locking and stuff like that when the dog shut out. But outside of that, um, I would think if your dog fucks, fucks off on you and doesn't listen at any point, then you don't really have it. There's something, there's something there to be worked on, but that might be a bit, bit of an extreme definition. What about you? Yeah, I'd say good obedience is not like amazing obedience or outstanding or, or bomb bomb proof. So mm. I guess in terms of the intensity of um, what's the word before the word obedience, um, the adjective. Good, Did bad. It, yeah. yeah, good, bad. Is that an adjective? Yeah, good, good and bad are adjectives. Yeah, there you go. So I guess depending on the adjective that you put be- before sure. the word obedience, so we'll yeah, say yeah. good obedience in terms of. That's actually so, a good point because you're saying what's good. We're always saying what's good obedience, but I'm like, well, yeah, well, I'm a bit more black and white. It's like it's obedience or disobedience. Yeah, and then context is important. Yeah, under the situation you're in. Yeah, the age of the dog, which is part of what we're going to talk about as well. There's, there's so many different factors mm. and variables to even a command that you do all the time, like a recall in the park that you're always in. So you're you're usually you're usually going to call your dog in that situation mm. so, that, so you're going to get good obedience there but if you were to go to the blue mountains to stay for for the weekend and your dog spots a kangaroo as you said before and the mm-hmm. dog is in the prey drive what do we have good obedience there? so yeah we'll get into that i think good obedience is um when you have effective control of your dog where 
the dog's not pulling you on the leash to go to places. Um, so yields to leash pressure in some form of way and yeah. and 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 listens to your commands. Doesn't just see function. you as the anchor. Yeah, exactly. H- having some functional commands like sit and a down and a recall and a bed command is so my definition of good obedience would be a dog can down when you call say to down will will come when you call him under most situations and if your dog hasn't got a good recall and a good downstay then your dog shouldn't be off the leash Mm. so you can have good obedience while your dog's on the long lead same dog no long lead bad obedience (laughs) you know so i guess it it depends on how you set your dog up for that for that situation and because i guess the obedience is about what the dog does rather than what the dog has known before Mm -hmm. it's like if I have good ma- – yeah, normally I have good manners. Well, today, sir, you have been very rude. So if you were to ask me how I think you are, maybe I think you're more on the asshole end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But so then in that moment, that person didn't have good manners. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it can yep. be hard to, to put our yep. finger on. So so for people that think, oh, my dog, like, you know, listens to me most of the time, then you're like, well, is that good enough for 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 what expectation? Mm-hmm. Because for, for what I would say, me and you, then yes – I would say if if yeah Luke has good obedience with Shadow because I I've seen him and I've seen Shadow off the leash yeah. he responds and listens so so I guess our metric would be when the dog's off the leash in a public space the dog listens and is recalls obedient. down right? recalls stops down. whatever yeah Stop. And jump on dogs, off the jump road. on people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, let's people and dogs walk past there's no problem with it. So, you know, good set of socialization is I guess obedience ties into it because your dog has to behave when around dogs and people and whatever. So, so yeah, there's so many things that are going on, which I guess the next thing on, on this list here is all good things take time. Mm. And people that want something yesterday, it's, yeah, it's not going to happen in dog training. It's not going to happen after a 13 day board and train, even a 30 day board and train. It's something that's going to take months sometimes years to get depending on where and what you want and expect from them. So another part of what good obedience is, is more about what is what is your, the situation in which your dog has to live and what are the expectations you've put on your dog and what is the past behaviours that your dogs have shown. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so these are things to keep in mind when, when you're assessing does my, do I have good obedience with my dog and does, is my dog, you know, obedient to me? And I guess, that's the question that you got to ask yourself, obviously, because I'm not in front of your dog in front of you to tell you right now. Mm. Um, and something that it reminds me of, so there's two examples that, that I'll use, and they're in humans, like a human example, but mm-hmm. it's all very much related, obviously. So we're at, um, I was at the gym the other day sitting in the sauna and this- Fancy. Fancy. My gym um, doesn't have a sauna. I'm going to the wrong gym. You're going to the wrong gym. <laughs> I, only go, I only go to the gym. Because of the there's a sauna there. Yeah, that's because mad. I could I could work out at home with all the the exact sort of equipment that I use. Mm. But the sauna is so good. I see it as massive positive reinforcement. I you know if I can get three workouts in a week with the sauna at the reward. End, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just, now they it's just, now they just need it. an ice bath, and then you the have the full bath. Joe Rogan experience. Yeah. <laughs> I I really need to have my own sauna. That's my goal. Um, yeah. One day they're so. not that expensive, eh? Like I would I would want a proper one. Like an, I don't, I don't want the I. What is it called? Infrared. Yeah. I, 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 if I, I was going to get one, I would get a proper one. With the whole. I think I had a look. I did. I, I may have been researching it. I had a look once. I think you can get like a proper one Between in Sydney. No, it wasn't that much. It was like five grand. It wasn't you crazy. Five, you, you can get like it. it, it, it there's obviously, but you, know, you do ones. have to get um, those ones, the non-IR ones. You have to get like. Three phase. Yeah, whatever that, like you have to get a Sparky to come and yeah. help you out kind of thing. But see, in my current situation, there's many things that I think are on a priority list and sure. depends on who you ask. If I lived on my own, yeah, the sauna would be there yeah. already. Um, yeah. But yeah. We have to have a board meeting and discuss this. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but anyway, so we're there and there was a gentleman there in his 40s and he was saying how frustrated he is that he's not been able to lose weight, etc. And- he said it out loud and, you know, so obviously open to discussion is probably open for, for conversation. So I was chatting to him and, you know, and I'm like, oh, he said that you've been trying. So like, how long have you been trying? And he said um, three times. And I said, so three times as in 
you've, three days. Um, like, like you've you've been coming like three you, diets. You tried to, you, yeah. you, three actual times or three times in the gym. It's like no, three mm. times in the gym. I'm like, that's cool, bro. Um, first of all, like good on you for you know having a crack. To, you know, yeah. Ha- yeah, having a crack and having having a conversation. If you're about in the it. gym, you're you know you're that's half the battle. I would think so three quarters. Like you, yeah. you've got you've got in there, right? So um. But like you know, it's just some some random words of advice were, how about keep up what you're doing now, and in six months look back to see where you are. But more importantly, in two years' time, you'll then be looking back and mm. seeing the gains that you're making because you're not going to lose anything in three sessions mm. uh, or gain anything really. So um, you know, it's mindset and blah blah. blah and, and I was telling him that you know he's like he was asking me you know how is it that you get here and blah blah. blah. Like, look, it's just once you do it enough, you feel weird not coming. You know, once what, you, what was his goal though? Was it to to, to, to does he want to drop weight? Well, yeah, yeah. The 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 um the inconvenient truth about all of this is that um weight loss is made in the kitchen, not in the gym. It, yes, which is ironic yes. because as much as a PT or a trainer could help you put on muscle, really the most progress for all of that comes from yeah, what you do for the other 23 hours a day and and PTs aren't actually qualified to give nutritional advice. Yeah, look, as long so- as you're in a caloric de- deficit, you will lose weight. It's that it's unless you have some kind of thyroid issue or something like that. It's but, it's but, that simple. But in terms of like practical ap- application, it's more about well look, I'm going to the gym 4 days a week and I'm tired. Okay, cool. So I need to start sleeping more. All right, so I'm sleeping more, I'm working out still. I still don't have energy. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to scrap my shit, you know, food that I'm eating and I'm going to start eating better, you know, and then, okay, now I'm working out, I'm sleeping better, I'm eating better. All right, cool, now. And then that's how, like, things start to progress. Yeah, mm. Just like, okay, my dog's reacting to dogs, so I seek a dog trainer. All right, cool, now my dog's a bit more under control. Um, but now I've taught my dogs to do cool stuff and oh, I'll teach teaching more cool stuff. And then now down a rabbit hole we go about all and how much cool stuff and mm. cool stuff according to his genetics or just obedience training, um, you know, how far do you want to go take this? So, so just, just using that example with, with, with the, with the guy there was that it's not like you do this so you can get an outcome. You need to embrace the journey of what you're doing because you're doing it forever. Mm. Um, that's just the truth of it. And that's the mindset of it. And it's that, it's just like having a shower and brushing your teeth, or then, you know, regularly getting your heart rate up and moving your body and making stronger. And and you have to have a why. For me, my why is when I'm 50 years old, I can still jump a fence. Um, as simple as that. I want to be able to be 50 years old, jump a fence, and not break my hip. It's a good measurement. Um, yeah, why not? And then we can reassess my goals again at 50. Um, there's a bunch of other reasons why, but um, maybe for another discussion, I guess. So, um, so. The, the, the next point here is literally it's a part of daily life. You have to apply it and you have to generalize it. So when it comes to obedience training with your dog, your dog does good recalls in the front yard, does good recalls in the local park, but doesn't do it in the new place that you are. Well, then you have to start to think about generalizing your obedience commands in so many different environments, different times of the day, under different situations, what's actually happening in that environment. <laughs> Let's explain that for people who might not understand why that's the case with dogs. Cool. Do you want to go? So, dogs learn in pictures, right? And unlike us, they don't have the ability to generalize a behavior. So, the example that's often given is like, can we go back to the gym? So, if you go to the gym and a trainer teaches you how to do an X, you know, XYZ exercise in the gym, as a human, you can be anywhere having learned it once in the gym, you could have the same piece of equipment and be in any other environment and you would still know how to do that particular behavior because you've learned it and humans can generalize, but dogs can't. So, like when you teach a dog, for example, a recall, if you start in the backyard, well, that's where the recall in the dog's mind, that's where the recall exists until you actually show it the next the next stage and the next like environment, the next area, and, and then it if you haven't done it there, it doesn't really exist in the dog's mind, basically. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I guess we, we have to generalize within w- w- for humans too, for sure, because, you know, emotions, like, you know, somebody can train, you know, some sort of self-defense training for, for years, but not do it under any form of actual pressure. Duress, um, yeah. Physical pressure, emotional pressure, violence, you know, f- you know, dealing with the fear of it or actually getting hit and hurt and continuing to fight. Um, 
or it'll be something like 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 speaking. A lot of people can speak, but put them in front of twelve people and tell them get them to talk. They talk weird, and get them to do it in front of a hundred thousand people. They would like shut down and not say anything at all. Mm. But talking's talking. You should be able to talk anywhere. Why can't you talk in front of people? Then you aren't in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. And it's because we've been like, and even if I got somebody random to come right now, put the headphones on and go, hey, we're going to record this and put it on, that would talk differently than how they talk normally. Where with us, we've been able to be a bit more desensitized to the to the nerves and to the to the idea of this, where right now I'm talking as if I normally talk. Mm-hmm. And, and and we've been able to generalize this skill of talking mm-hmm. under this sort of situation. So so with a downstay, for example, can your dog downstay on slippery um, concrete in Bunnings? If you've never gone to Bunnings and told your dog to down, can you do it while this trolley is going past? Hey, I you wanted know, to so- ask, I wanted to ask you because um, I saw your reel talking about um, chili on. Was it concrete? He doesn't like concrete. Yeah, very very odd for him. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it's slippery. Number one. Number two is that it probably hurts. If he does erratic movement, because he were he so what what is it that he doesn't like about uh, so not about what is it that what is the behaviors that he doesn't like to perform on concrete? You no, know, like just anything. If I'm telling him to go around or to heal, or oh, really, he's, he's slower. He's not so faster into it he's as opposed to, to grass. Exactly. So yeah. when I see that, I acknowledge it, and then now over the next. I'm going to get to that. Actually, can you remind me yep. of the next couple of points? Because I'm going yeah, to you jogged my memory that. when you mentioned the surfaces. Yeah, because that, that's because for me, if I if I when I see that, I'm like that's unacceptable. Um, he has. I want him to do it the same intensity as he does it on the grass, and I want to fix that. But before we get there, we have to talk about the three phases of a command, because if um, if you don't understand the three phases, then it can be very hard to actually know where your dog's obedience command is. And there's an actually episode. That um that we we've did done it a teaching yes. training proofing right that's right yeah. yeah so you can definitely go out go back and check that if you just type in phases of just type in phases yeah on the app and I think if you listen up. on Spotify I think if you're already in the like on our page or whatever on Spotify I think you can actually search within the podcast itself yeah most of them you can yeah yeah, yeah. so um so the three phases as you mentioned before is the the teaching phase. Then you have the training phase, and then you have the proofing phase. So the teaching phase, the dog doesn't know the behavior, and you're teaching it to them through some sort of shaping, and usually would talk about luring. So we lured a dog into a down, tray in front of their nose, lure from their nose to their toes. They lay down, elbows and bum touch the ground. We mark yes and give food. And we do that over and over again until the dog sees my hand move to the ground. Dog then starts to lay down quicker, understands that when my hand goes to the ground, with or without food in my hand, dog lays down. Then the, now we know the dog knows the gesture. Then we yeah. add the word down, mm-hmm. do the gesture, give the food. And then now you start to see, you say the word down and then point to the ground, the dog lays down. That's in the training phase, in the teaching phase. Your dog goes into the training phase. If you can say down and point to the ground and your dog lays down 10 times in a row, then you can say, now my dog knows the behavior on verbal command and understands what it is. So now the dog's in the training phase. Now, normally in the teaching phase, you do this all in the backyard or in a low distraction environment, and there's no um, corrections for because the dog doesn't know it. You can't correct them for doing for mm-hmm. not knowing something they don't know or mm-hmm. not doing something they don't know. So, um, and only naming it once the dog starts to do it. Again, there's many different methods, but as a general, that's what we do. In the training phase, two things change. Number one, you start to reward randomly, intermittently, and that random reward creates more drive and anticipation and 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 um and and sh- stronger behavior, mm-hmm. as well as being able to now use a bit of pressure or some sort of correction for for non-compliance or for breaking too early for the down, mm-hmm. for example. And then now when the dog now is reliable in different environments. So sorry, talking about generalizing, in the training phase, we then start to generalize. So once the dog understands, I say down, I point to the ground, no food in my hand, dog lays down. If the dog breaks before I release, it's a uh-uh, bit of pressure on the leash, dog lays, lays back down again, dog stays there until I release. Until the dog understands all those functions, then we start doing it in the front yard, in front of my house, in front of my neighbor's house, across the road, down the street, <laughs> over, around the block, then mm-hmm. down to the shops, and we then start to generalize that command because if you only do downs in your driveway only, then you can go in front of Coles and say down, the dog will be like, 
What here? What? I don't get it. Do yeah, what? down doesn't exist here. Yeah, exactly. Once you do it in so many different places, then you've generalized it. So now the dog's like, oh, you mean down on this weird floor in this place we've never been before? No problem. Down is just down. So just like when we were doing the sheep herding with Chili and when Dan said, oh, like obviously I'm assuming you can you can stop your dog. And I'm like, yes. And I go, Chili, Kato. And he goes, Hoop, and he lays down while chasing sheep for the second time in his life in like the highest state of arousal I've ever seen him flying through it down, boom. So then that that behavior down for my dog is in a proofed phase. Now I can do it in every different environment from distance while running, while moving, while on a bike, doing it in front of different dogs, dogs lunging at him at a safe distance, obviously. Um, you know, when we're doing behavior modification sort of training, I need my dog to be reliable. I'm not handling my dog. I'm holding a dog that needs to learn how to be around a dog without trying to kill it. And I can tell my dog to down and you hold that down. So, so now I've proofed it. And in the proofing phase, you don't ever stay in the proofing phase. There's never a time where you stop rewarding. You go that. backwards. Yeah. You generally go between proofing and training and you kind of ebb and flow between the both, depending on how often for me, I don't think I go back into training phase with chilies down often but I'm using it so often, like so often every day that it's communication straight up. If if I didn't, like for example with Nookie, because I don't use her as often and even though I tell her down often, it's probably a bad example. Let's just say I didn't do training with my dogs because I broke my legs and, you know, they just stay in the backyard and somebody just walked them and didn't do yeah. much with them. Then after eight months, I may... I may need to like go back into the training phase and help my dogs out with like reliability of that down for sure. So when people say, when can I just stop rewarding altogether? Um, there is no such thing, but remember you do have pressure and the way that we train, if I ask you to come and you don't come, I'm, I'm like, I have to have some way in which I can like make you come back to me so the dog can understand. But when my dog's off the leash and I say, come, I'm hoping and I have faith in the situation that he'll come to me but it's never guaranteed it's like a no, 90 he's a sentient creature yeah 98 percent, maybe 90 whatever like like you know there's obviously situations that that occur so another situation i want to bring up with chili and again like i'm probably doing wrong things here as well so you can call me out on that as well but i'll just be transparent here mm. so i'm riding chili on the bike he's got his leash loose on the ground where uh, and I'm on the bike. We'll right. We'll run up the street. He'll stop at the curb. I see it's safe. I say okay. He crosses the road. We go through the park. We go up through the park. Big big ride. We come down some streets. He stays on the side of the road, which I tell him to go on as we're running. He'll stop and I say stop. Cross the road. So he gets what I'm saying. We go down our street. We always go down the footpath side, which is our side of the street. Mm -hmm. This time, I'm like, no, we're on the other side of the street, and there's no footpath, number one, so maybe Bindi's, but I don't think that's the reason. But um, but there's only a certain time of that, like there's a certain spot where I'll tell him to cross. In this moment, we had a bit of a miscommunication, and I'm like, keep going, but he's like, cross. I'm like, don't cross. No, this way. No, no, this way. And he's like, this way, like, cross. Like, we normally do it here. I'm like, no, right. this way. Right. And I'm on the bike in the middle of the road, and he's like, dude. He just stopped. He's like, no, I'm... I don't understand. And I'm like, that's cool. So then I came back around. I'm like, this way. And he kept going. And then I turned around and he was gone. I'm like, where the hell is he? And he's <laughs> run across the road and ran home. <laughs> and, <stood up> again. <laughs> and I'm now, now in the middle of the road. I'm like, well, this is bloody awkward. So I'm like, Chili, come back out. And then he was like, I'm really confused. And he just like stood there and just looked at me. <laughs> and I'm telling him like, well, come over here. And I did give him his formal recall once. And he's like, no. And I'm like, Huh. Okay. Um, good obedience. Well, not in this moment. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. So anyway, so I get off the bike, go over to him, grab the leash, go to the bike. We go on the other side of the road and we went up and down that side of the road like five times. Just mm -hmm. up and down, up and down, cross the road, went home. Two days later, when I was walking the dogs, all three of them, we walked on the other side of the road, back up and down. So now my thing is over the next four weeks, five weeks, maybe two months, we're going to be doing things on the other side of the road. Yeah. And we're going to make that normal because what's normal now is he runs across. But what if I didn't want to? And at the same time, he decided to just cross the road out of habit because that's my bad. What if the car was coming at that right time at that mm. moment? Yeah. Right. Not so, safe. Yeah. 
That's why being predictably unpredictable, listen to that episode because that's very important when it comes to like having good obedience and all that sort of stuff. But um, but that's something that's been happening to me in the last week and something that I'm going to work on. So when people ask me, and, that's, and, and, and I'm sure I've said this quite a few times on the potty, but they say, oh, wow, how long did it take you to train your dog? And And it's always such a, for me, an open, weird question, um, but it's not this obvious but i say well i've had him for two years so i currently have had only for two years and um so yeah so i guess it took two years to to train him mm -hmm. and then if i if that same person or someone else asked me a year later then i'd be like well i only for three years so yeah taking three years to do the, what you just saw training never stops training never stops as well as what does it mean training training's a weird word um what does train what does trained mean well, like, say, if you say like to train your dog, that implies that where he is right now is trained, which I guess he is. But like it sort of sort of feels to me like it's implying like it's finished. Well, like training is before I read the definition I just did on Google. Then well, is like a repetition of behaviors to have like some sort of skill. Mm -hmm. Because soccer training is not soccer game. Like right, training right, is training right, right. Yeah, yeah, the games yeah. again. Yeah, training we, in the match, right? So train the technique of pass me, pass you, pass me, pass you, pass that guy, get it in, like do the trickery or whatever you call it. Mm. Um, what would they call that in soccer? Like a I don't know. I will watch soccer. <laughs> yeah, so like let's call that, a, or like going boxing, it's like a certain set of punches, yeah. right? So they say, well, yeah, we practice, we, in training, we practice the combination, and in the game, if you practice it enough, it will happen. We'll call on it. And we'll do it. Yeah. And hopefully we get the win. Um, but that works for games, like for for um competitions or for like, oh, we're gonna go now test it on the field. But what we want from training is like self-defense training in the terms of in the matter of the moment you need it to work for for survival, to live. Um so my recall and my downstay, my loose lead walking and my socialization that I teach all my clients is to save the dog's life, potentially. Dog runs away, you say, come. Not about how good can the dog recall under competition standards. Yeah. So um, so it becomes a bit of a squirrely thing. We should, you know, canine educating rather than training, right? Um, but anyway, the noun in Google says the um, training is the action of teaching a person or animal a particular skill or type of behavior. And then the action of undertaking a course of exercise and diet in preparation for a sporting event. So, yeah, you know, that kind of explains. Makes sense. Well. Yeah. There you go. Um, so, training is developing a skill. But then the question is, what's the skill? So, one of the skills, or two of the skills that I've mentioned for Chile, one of them's more like lifestyle and functional is riding on the bike you don't run on the road unless i tell you to you stop when i say stop down is you're down um if you see people or dogs whatever if i grab the leash and we're riding the bike there's a loose leash next to me if i slow down you slow down these are the rules that's the training so that when i ride my bike with my dog my dog just follows me he gets exercise does he I like right does he like running with the bike loves it he can't like after like after the like i remember the first time we went gun ho through the park he like and i stopped he looked at me like on the on like, the grass, yeah, he's like, yeah, thank you, hey, um, no, but he'll still run on the concrete if we have to. Yeah, so concrete, like running, he'll run normally. Yeah. He's not tripping out, but he's not doing finesse behaviors. Yeah, um, I don't think I've ever really I'm trying to think if I've ever really ridden a bike on grass. I guess if you have a mountain bike, you can do it, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah your yeah, tires just got to be wide enough. Look, like it's a bit of a workout. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. It's, but it's like it's all right. But I guess Good. mountain bike is mountains have grass, right? Get the quads burning, right? Yeah. Um, so um, so yeah, so there's a functional one compared to like when I'm doing sheep herding, he doesn't have to do sheep herding. So I'll develop skills for him to do that just so he gets a good outlet. And if I get the opportunity and everything else. But you know, so you have to assess again, good obedience would come down to what it is that you're trying to apply it to. Um and um and I guess if we can talk about chili. And then talking about his um, doing the tricks and the trick training on the concrete is that I want him to be better at it just so he can become more solid generally, mm. like mentally and physically and emotionally, mm. right? So, um, and that's kind of 
how I see it. I, I see that if I, if there's something that I have to do and like I, I may as well try to do it as best as I can do it because I'm going to do it anyway. And if I'm going to b- blow it off and just be like, I'm just going to do it half-assed, which I'm sure I do heaps of things half-assed, but like if I can do it the best that I can do in, with the resource and the time that I have, I just think it just comes down to character. And it's like if I'm gonna like if I'm gonna do this now, do it properly now. Like if I'm gonna clean, like for example, oh, no one's home, the kitchen needs to be cleaned. If I'm gonna do it, like you know when you like half do the dishes, and it's like and you gotta do it again. Everything's still there. Like <laughs> just fucking do it yeah. and just wipe the bench. And my wife, if she listens, she wipe the bench and she's gonna freak out at me. Like I didn't wipe the bench enough. <laughs> not that she wants it to be. That's right. a test to see if she actually <laughs> listens to the show or not. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it would be a fat no. So, um, but yeah. So, oh, my son's moving. So, just for everyone listening, that my um, wife's away currently. So, I'm looking after my son, and usually we're doing a little bit of balancing on this one. Ar- around this time, he'll get up. Can he? I need water. I need a poo. Um, oh, this, that. It's like, hey, it's sleep time. Go to sleep. Leave me alone. Um, so. Um, <laughs> So um, he's working. Exactly. I told him that I was working and you have to stay in bed. He's been a good boy. He's such he's awesome. I love him. Good so kid. um yeah, he's so good. So um so yeah, so with Chili and his um yeah, so when I watched the video of him going slow and weird, and I had to comment that on the stories. Yeah. Because I'm like, if someone else is watching that, um, like, why is he flat and looking weird? Now you probably saw it and gone, nah, man, looked awesome, but I know. Right. And and if I know, then it's not like you know what I mean? It's not good enough. Yeah. Um, so then I guess, well, I wrote these notes pretty good because they do flow one to the next pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Because um, the next is constant evaluation and execution. So you have to always be assessing what it is that you want, evaluating. Yeah, my dog does a good downstay. He'll hold panels. He'll hold it down for 10 minutes when I go into the shops. And I'm like, that's actually really freaking cool. I'm really happy for you. Um, but for me, I need like 25 minutes out of sight. Sometimes, like it just is what it is. Sometimes I'm around the corner and my dog needs to hold the position for a while. Mm. So, um, sight unseen. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I'm constantly evaluating. At first, I wanted 10 minutes. Now I want 20 minutes. And then I may want a certain different things. So, everyone's at a different position. So, then another thing I want to mention no names, but we're at group class. And one of the um, girls, well, I can, I can certainly say um, Ruth's name. So Ruth was, um, she's been coming to group class basically for the last year with her dogs, two of them. They, she alternates them and um, she's been killing it. She's going through the demos. I have three different demos currently um, at the group class. So you have to execute at the end of the four-week block. And um, and I've had to make it level three now because people are smashing the level two, which is really cool. And um, anyway, so new guy came. And he and um, actually, I said I'm not going to say names. No, no, nothing, nothing wrong with what happened. He said, Brendan, um, Brandon, with um, his dog Ranger. He says, "Oh, hey, um, I want my dog to do the middle. Like, why doesn't my dog do the middle like that dog?" And then he's pointed to Ruth, and then Ruth said, "Hey, um, I've been coming here for the last year, and he's also five years old." And and I'm like, "Good point." So number yeah. one point is. You can't come two sessions. And again, Brendan, awesome, right? Um, and top bloke, he's been in the last two months, not even, working with um working with um Ranger. He's killing it. So Brendan's awesome. And he cool wasn't name. like saying Ranger, yeah. Yeah, Ranger. I like that. He's a blue healer too. So he's 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 a good boy. <laughs> so um, so he's gone, um, just curious, like how do I get that? Right. So it wasn't like I can't believe it, right? It wasn't like that. And I said to him, so look, number one, yes, of course, consistency. Number one, number two is age because, of course, the dog's been doing things like this for longer. Um, but th- but th- there's a couple of other reasons why, and I went through it. First of all, let's get accuracy first before we get speed. You want the dog needs to have clarity about what they're doing. The middle has to be like 100%. It's, it's, the middle isn't about doing going into the middle. Middle is being in the middle. However you got to get there, get there, rather than doing the around the around the leg to come into the middle isn't the middle. I want just be there. And if just be there is a the thing, then the dog will get there as quick as they can to get the reward as quick as they can. As well as what's the dog's relationship with pressure. If you've got a pressure, um, slip leash on and middle and a little tiny tap, tap, very light, one or two out of 10, tap, tap, tap. Dog's like, oh, mark and reward and play tug with your dog. So then eventually the dog sees the, the tap as a bit more of like something Activation. to avoid. 
Yeah, yeah a bit of an activation. Ah, boom. As well as like rewarding intermittently. If you ask middle reward, middle reward, middle reward, middle reward, you're gonna get a flat, a flat. middle, right? Yeah. Um, but if you reward the third, and then some, like the third one of those, and then sometimes you reward then two after that, and then five after that, and then one after one, and then five again, your dog may be like, "I don't know when I'm gonna get this." More power, more intensity. Ah, but the only true way to have an intermittent reward is to give the dog another command, right? Because if you release well, yes, him, then he's sure. rewarded anyway. Um. Depends if the dog wants to tug, for example. But yes, good point. And yes, of course, middle to down to bed to middle, boom, reward. So there's mm. so many different things. And you, of course, go to training, you know, to get these results. And you understand what we're t- trying to talk about here. So, so to um to Brendan's question, it was that um th- there's so much, but then also, hey guys, it's Luke. Uh, I just wanted to take a moment out of the podcast to thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, obviously, we don't just do this show just to hear our own voices. We love the fact that you guys take the time out of your day to listen to our episodes each and every week. And on that note, if you are enjoying it, we'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to leave us a review or a rating on your favorite podcast listening app. So whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, if you could hit pause on this episode and, and go and leave a review or a rating on the platform that you're listening into, we'd really appreciate it. It helps other people like yourself find the podcast uh, and helps us to reach more listeners and, and hopefully grow the show and grow the community around it. So we'd really appreciate it if you could. And thanks for listening. Ruth said it perfectly um, in the moment for everyone else to hear. And then also on top of that, and I say this all the time to um, everyone at group class is that, you compare your dog to how they were last week or to yesterday. You don't compare your dog to how any other dog looks like in the class here because I will screw you up big time. 1% um, think, better. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to think like you're failing and you're not getting anywhere. You want to be moving forward and you're in competition with yourselves, um, not with the other dogs around because everyone's on a different journey. And sometimes now for some people that can be like, I can see what they're doing over there and I'm going to get that. Um, others and be like, that looks like very hard. That's really advanced. I'm. I'm overwhelmed. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. So I do want, yeah, one percent better, man. Just keep going. You know, just you know, embrace it as a lifestyle and know why you're doing it. And also, you know what? Like, don't train your dog once a week and expect like, oh, why isn't my dog doing whatever? It's like mm. you have to train your dog three times a day um, for five minutes each time um, to start getting some really cool, reliable results. Um, and another thing to keep it fresh. Something that that I was thinking about the other day is that. You playing like uh, doing obedience training and teaching and, and training your dog in general for the ball and the tug. If your dog's into it, yep. you're train you're training, so you're teaching dog skills. You're exercising the dog. You're giving the dog full purpose, and you're having fun and connecting with your dog. So you're getting play, exercise, and training in the one win, win, one activity. It's, it's mm-hmm. a three way thing. So um because. When I say to people in group class like last week, like all your dogs are high drive, all the dogs love and froth over playing tug and, ch- and fetch. You guys need to do this just to exercise your dogs every day. So now you're training. So that's why you have to get to a point of really good solid commands as well as heels and middles and weaving and around and touch and whatever else you want to teach as well. And then if you want to go deeper than that into the sports dog training in terms of, you know, um, you want to do bite sports, nose works, and all the different other options, agility and stuff. So those are kind of like the different layers where one can go. And for me, I focus on the person who does, like, of course, can, can come to group class and do the like what they can do. But every day I'm teaching people all of these skills from the beginning as if they didn't know it. That's why I try to encourage as many of my clients listen to the yeah. podcast because you're going to hear me say it over and over and over and over again for it to become normal. Which Your group class has become quite a thing now. Hey, it's like really thriving. So yeah, cool man. to see. Yeah, thanks, bro. It's been really fun. Yeah. And, um, I always see the always see always see like the stories and the reels and stuff. It's looks yeah. like everyone's having a great time. You just reminded me I've got to put some more extra stories up. I've got too sleepy last night. It's pretty hard getting Instagram <laughs> stories up at one man, one man army. Night. Yeah, it's tough, but um, I'll put some more up tonight. But um, yeah, man, it's been really fun. And everyone is it hard to remember to film in the middle of all of it? I don't film. Um, I've got um, Angie. She's awesome. She's um, a client of mine. She's helping out in group class. Um, oh, cool. Her, her and Gunnar 
are excelling in, in, in their training in all ways. So um, she she helps out. And then, yeah, from time to time, she's got my phone the whole time. So she, oh, okay. can, she records when she can, which helps me so much and yeah. so grateful for it because it's tough getting, yeah, being the video person as well. It yeah, well, really then you well. wouldn't be in the video, would you? Exactly. Um, so um, another thing that I've got here is that it's never good enough. I think having that attitude is really what makes excellence excellence. That's dopamine, um, right? Yeah, yeah. Not the pa- so. not the pursuit of happiness, the happiness of pursuit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, like you got to have a like a a set of like standards going. Like no, no, like n- nothing's never good enough. We're always working. That can be draining. Some people really get burnt out by that. Um, but on one side of my shoulder, I say too bad and do the work, and on the other side is like have balance and know when to rest and you know, to, to be, be more chilled out, you know, and you gotta, you gotta find your own balance. How, however that is, some people are more work orientated, some people more, no, no, we're here to enjoy life orientated. And I think bit of both, but a bit more towards there's not enough and nothing's ever good enough. I think a little bit on that, a, a bit more on that side rather than we're cool and chill and everything's okay. Like you gotta be like lay back and, you know, have some humility about some things, but mm-hmm stay that little bit hungry, especially with your obedience training, like, because it's important shit. And, um, and also, isn't it so cool that your dog like listens to you and then people walk past and they say, Oh, awesome dog, man. Yeah. And that don't mean like, yeah, it does feel cool when people say that. Oh, he, he's so well-trained or he's so smart or something like that. You know, not like your dog's beautiful. You're like, thanks. I didn't, I didn't make any of that happen, so whatever. Um, I like what you put up on the stories the other day. Which uh, one? Yesterday, today, um, the dog stretching and the social. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's two kinds it? of people. The people who say, ooh, big stretch when a dog does a big stretch and the other kind of person is just a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was cool. Yeah. Um, the three Ps, practice, patience, persistence. Done an episode on that. Just type in three Ps. You can hear us talk. A whole episode about that, but that's that's um really important um for any skill building. So exercise that. Um and taking risks takes practice. I think that's that's a big one too. Um because people want their dog to be able to listen off leash, but having a dog off leash is kind of illegal and dangerous. Yeah. So yeah, it's, there um, is that little thing called the law. Yeah, you gotta um you gotta you gotta find how you can make that work. So if you, I only go- ever had one run in with the ranger at Carl Bay, and I and then and like I go to that park. But God, that was the I only know. time you were off the leash. It was that one time you messed up, and he was there. No, Chad then- was always off the leash. <laughs> <laughs> That's my point. Is like I only saw this guy once, and I'm there every day. Look, I'm only, and I only go there because it's so quiet. And if another dog comes, we generally just leave, or I'll yeah. put him on leash. Right? I'm not like, you know, I, 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 be right. I do my best. Right? Sure. Um, yeah, it's tough. But look, I think the taking risks takes practice. Is like some people are willing to take no risks. So they get no rewards. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, on top of that, be safe, you know, don't be a fool and crazy people. But, you know, it kind of reminds me of like, I listened to a Jerrigan the other day, actually, it just kind of popped up. I wasn't planning to listen to it, but I was on a long drive. Mm-hmm. Dale, maybe he's a cowboy, um, rides bulls. Um, on cool. The rodeo. He gets and, some um, random people on there, eh? So random. And you know what? Like, it was a really cool episode. It was like, you know, I like just like the random, oh, I would never, Search this and I'm listening to this right now. I can't bother looking and touching my phone, not allowed to anyway. So I just let it play. Um, and I really enjoyed the um, conversation. I'll, I'll, I'll let me just bring it up real quick. So, yeah, I'm um, just since I've mentioned it now, people are like, oh, maybe I want to listen to it. Um, but he's talking about how rodeo is like the most amazing rush. You're in the f- you're embraced in that moment fully 100%. Seems like pretty some- primal. It's very, yeah. Um, Dale Brisby. 2057. Um, and, um, but he says, but I don't recommend it for people. <laughs> so he's telling you how, like, it's <laughs> for him. So he, for him, it's like it's a, it's the apex of experiences and like the purpose of his life. Yeah. He loves so much. 
you know, but it's so dangerous that he goes, I don't recommend people do it. Or no, well, it, no, sorry. When it, and I, like, and yeah, I, and what I, are the, how, how, how dangerous is it? Like, do people die and stuff or? Yeah, you can die for sure. Oh, um, I have no like doubt you injuries, could, but like. Big injuries and stuff. Do they, like, how often does that, something I, like I, that? I don't know. He didn't mention that much about people dying, doing yeah. it, but like lots of injuries. Yeah. Neck, neck, back, shoulders. Um, yeah, and he man. says, no, sorry, I'll refer to another thing that he said. He goes, see, he recommends all new riders to wear a helmet. He goes, but there's something about wearing the Not cowboy wearing hat, wearing the, like the cowboy hat when it's down and he's like doing his thing. Like, so he's explaining his experience and his like passion for the sport and, and, not having the helmet and having that there's like an experience to it and of course there's a whole there's there's a there's many things of why that would be special right. to him um but he's also saying don't do it um wear a helmet don't be an idiot you know what i mean so it's not take, worth it is take it really? risks takes practice as you know as well you know it kind of mixes in to that a bit yeah. in terms of um i'm telling you this is what i'd like for example when not when i was 18 i had spades he was 13 weeks old we just walked around the block he was off the yeah. lead. He followed Ace. He wasn't going anywhere. I was hung over as I was 8.30 in the morning. I'm like, got to get the pups out. I'm just going to walk around the block. Um, hey, spades will be cool. Every time he walked away, he ran up to us. Yeah. But then he learned how to be off lead because of that. But I wouldn't recommend, yeah, just walk your 13-week-old puppy with your other dog around the block, both of them off the leash. <laughs> um, you Not know, ideal. Risk, risk it. I would say put the dog on the long lead and let them go. But there's something about the dog being off the leash, which is like relying on your communication. There's like a, there's some some invisibleness to it. Do you but- think part of that thrill is kind of like the like the rodeo, where it's like something you, something could go wrong here, but like that's why it's kind of fun. Maybe I think it, it is. That I'm being, well if I'm like, being frank, I think it is. I'm talking about an 18 year old boy. We'll call it, let's say full of ego. It's that. I don't need a leash on my dog. Thank you very much. I'm cool. I've got yeah. it sorted. Yeah. Like, I know I everything. I'm 18. Yeah, I know everything, obviously. Yeah. Um, that as well as this is natural. I walk. My dogs follow me. If they're too far back, I keep walking. They lose me. They have to find me. Yeah. That's basically that what does I would, work. I would, I would jump in the bushes. If they're my dogs, like I was like, I called them once or twice and they ignored me. I'd literally just like run up someone's driveway, jump into the front yard and hide in the bushes and watch the dogs. Watch the reaction. Proper, proper freak out. How and old was I'd, the dog again? Spade's like 13 weeks old. Not when I did that stuff, like hiding from him. Sure. Um, he just followed us. But um, yeah, I'd hide for like 30 seconds, 45 seconds. Like the dog's like without them running away. And I'll be, and I'll just walk out and they'd see me and be like, oh my God, so happy to see you. And it's like, well, then pay attention to me. Like, mm. I can't keep calling you and I haven't got you on a leash right now. So again, I'm not saying you should do these things because it'd be wrong of me to professionally <laughs> advise you to walk your dog mm, off the leash. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, but if you lived in a rural property and you're walking out to get the mail, there isn't even a fence line. You know what I mean? Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, Off didn't we talk now? about? Weren't we talking about that? Was that with Alex? We're talking about how the dogs just knew where the property, yeah. the border was, but there was no fence. That was a special dog, though, right? Yeah, like, like you know, being a a livestock herding. I mean, high livestock guarding breed. Guarding, yeah, yeah. Um, You've got yeah. the livestock herding dog. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> and he's not stopping no one. Um, so that was, and now look at the end. My last point that I've got here on the list here is um, using some examples, but I'm pretty sure I gave enough examples of um, throughout the episode of what we mean. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So um, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, I'm really happy that we got this out because for so long. Oh, so what is the answer to how long does it take to get a great obedience? Uh, it depends. How long yes. is a piece of string? Yep, that's the. That's I guess the that's kind of the point. The answer is there. There is no one answer. Because what, three months of intense training or like three months of random training, you know? And so it, I can't, I can't really, I can't say that. So when people well, ask What you, I would say is like set your, uh, manage your expectations, you know? Like Shadow's turning three next week and nice. that's, that's pretty much, I mean, that's pretty much, I guess the first time at which he's kind of like an, an adult, adult dog, yeah, right? At three. At three. Yeah. yeah right. You know? And I can see it. I can see it in him in the last 12 months. He's, it's the sort of like a bit of the edge has come off him a bit, mm-hmm. a little bit, you know? It's so he, cool to see him at around that three, like they're, they're, they're stable. They're like, I know what I am. It's cool. Yeah. Like, I don't have anything to prove yeah. right now. I yeah. listen to this guy so much better. 
just like just do yeah. what he says. Um, not like Murr, but like you know, I get it. That's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is a good age for the docs. I really do like it. Yeah, um, makes sense because if they're seven years for every one of ours, that's like 21. So, that's like an, that's like an, uh, that's like an adult, right? <sighs> Being anthropomorphic, but I think there is, <laughs> there. there has to be something to that. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel you. Um, cool. Well, if you guys enjoyed the episode, let us know. Just drop us a message and say hello. Um, just to let us know that you, um, that you exist. Someone message Tag us me. in your stories. I like it when people tag us. I like that. That's always the best. I do yeah. enjoy that too. Show us um, where you what you're up to, what you're listening to. Yes. Um, where, what I meant was where you are when you're listening to the show. I like exactly. that. Exactly. And yeah. I'll just say, because I got a message from Leanne um, today, um, Keesley. She says, hey, Panos, it's been in love following your page and the podcast. I've gotten so much tips for my very challenging dog. Just a question, really long lines. Okay, cool. And she goes, oh, then Rick. Okay, so she said, um, and thanks in advance. So I just thought I'd read that out because that when I see that, she got a question about long leads. I'm going to answer it to her um, when I message her back. But I like it. Gives me some good reinforcement. And But share that. Um, oh, and also you have to um, go onto Spotify or Apple Podcasts and give us a review because that really helps us as well. And I know yeah, I noticed a lot coming through on Spotify. I yeah, that, that's fantastic. That. Yeah. Yeah, we really enjoyed that. Yeah. Right, cool. Thanks, guys. Well, have a good night, everyone, or day. Whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever time it is. Have a good one. (laughs) Say yeah. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips, and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at NP underscore dog underscore training my website, npdogtraining.com, or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening, guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www.kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine, C-A-N-I-N-E, dot com, dot A-U. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at kizuna canine training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.